After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Started off as a PG podcast, but then Devin just kept on dropping shits and fucks, and now... That's right, we are live. The ghost faced himself, Brandon Hanov. This isn't like the start of last season when it was just... It looked like the Canucks were just a beer league team not playing defense at all. And just before but, Chris goes... No, I'm, I'm kidding, Chris. Chris, you can actually go now. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So we have to get more time for coming on late. So. <laughs> I still... I, hold on, all right. Chris going, then I got something else to say at the end. So, an elf and a midget in two back-to-back games. I, yeah, he's definitely on a, on a friendship tour for sure. Think, oh, yeah, I'm okay with him being, you know, the 6-7 the defenseman. No! No! He is a AHL defenseman right now. Look, don't mind, don't mind Devin, okay? We all struggle with Devin, so, so you know. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Shifts and Pucks podcast. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Shifts and Pucks, Facebook.com, Shifts and Pucks, YouTube.com, Shifts and Pucks, Twitch.com, Shifts and Pucks, all live there. Subscribe wherever you get your audio, as well as on the Area 51 Sports Network, as uh, we recap. Quite frankly, the only way to put this is, is quite simply, it was a gong show. It was a comedy of errors. It would, That was not a hockey game. That was a circus last night between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. The Flames come away with a 9-6 victory. Uh, I think they were trying to celebrate the CFL reaching a tentative deal. Uh, as Daryl Sutter said, it was more of a football game in terms of, but like no, with no tackling than there was with actual an actual hockey game. Devin, how are you doing? Oh, I have what? Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's pretty much how I feel about last night's game other than the W outcome. W. It, I don't even uh, I don't even think Daryl was impressed with the W. Like, you know, the one you know, <laughs> that's what impresses me. I don't even think he was impressed with that. It was like a point zero one percent happiness of uh, of winning that. Everything else is just absolute chaos that that game I've actually went to the uh Dolly Parton um game in Calgary the nine to five win for the Flames and that one it, it's up there but the, this this game one of the second round definitely tops it for the, the amount of chaos that, that that involved uh everything from goalies to uh, it's mostly just the goalies that was just kind of like, what is happening here? And having a Vesna candidate be the worst out of the three goalies that played. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's true. And it, but it's that's not a compliment of the other two goalies though either. To no. be fair, no. no. Um. So I think we need to start right from the top here, and I. 
what a way to start for the Flames, uh, really here. It's the opening shift, uh, pretty much. The, the, all of that hype, all of this going in, it, it just it felt like like you had the the hour long Sportsnet pregame show. You you had all of this talk. Oilers put out their top line. Flames counter with their top line. Missed assignments here, and 26 seconds in, Elias Lindholm gets into his Elias Lindholm spot and scores, and it's one nothing. And then 25 seconds later, Andre Mandrapani banks that in. It's 50, at 51 seconds. It's two nothing within the first minute of this game. Uh, Woodcroft calls a timeout. Uh, and would you have called a timeout there? Yeah, I would have. I maybe. Yeah, it, it was getting out of hand. It was. It was too. Uh, what was after the third one or the second one that they, they took the timeout? So he took the timeout after fifty-one seconds. Okay, so it was after the second one. Uh, that's two quick ones. You want to kind of regroup your uh, your your team there, and both goals were very weird. Uh, not not ones that were snipes. Um, the the Lindholm one uh, fooled and kind of handcuffed uh, Smith, and then uh, Mangiapane. That was yeah, you know it was. I feel like it, Smith should have had that one too. And it's it's like okay, calm everybody down, goaltender and your team. I I, I don't think there was anything wrong with taking that timeout. Okay, and then three nothing when Brett Ritchie um got manhandled there a little well he he took a defenseman out uh deep makes a nice deke and scores three nothing and mike smith leaves see you later thanks mike you came for six minutes we'll talk to you later um and then miko koskin comes in uh then Connor mcdavis scores at three to one uh there uh, after one then um but um, this is where I'll first start. Let's get in. Maybe we'll have to touch on the Vesna Trophy goaltender here in a second. Now, the shots in the in that first period, it was like the Flames were dominant in terms of, of offense and all of that sort of stuff. Their shots on goal in that period were 19 to 7. Uh, and we kind of talked about this, that the Flames got that, that same kind of pressure against that they got against Dallas that they get against Edmonton. They, they would be getting more goals, and they did. But... Really, just from the start, um, Jacob Markstrom looked shaky even at that, even at at three nothing. Uh, there was a he was acting like Mike Smith behind the net. He was taking too long moving the puck. There was a couple of opera, couple of that he just slipped and let let get away there. Uh, he one Cal Yarnko had to rescue him on another one there. A couple of botches. Um, the flames were up three to one, but like that was when I really started to know Mike Markstrom looked really shaky. I have a theory about that, but I, yeah, the, yeah, he, he, that's when it started for me. I was like, he still looks shaky and I know it's three to one, but I'm not feeling good about Markstrom here at this point. No, he was, he wasn't himself and I'm with you. He definitely felt a little, uh, anxious to, to, to be in that game. And you could tell that, yeah. 
the the big one for me was uh, the first couple shots where where were good saves, but still you could tell that there, there weren't quite uh, he wasn't quite as confident as he should be. And then yeah, the, the biggest one was going behind the net and uh, doing his best Mike Smith impression and um, almost coughing it up twice. So yeah. it, it was one of the ones, one of those ones. It's like okay, just stay in the net, man. <laughs> yeah. But if it's a if it's a dumping, let uh, I mean we we got some big defense uh, that can easily take a hit from somebody. Uh, and I'm not really worried about getting uh, ground and pound from uh, from that four check, but uh, yeah, just 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 let let uh, <laughs> let your defense get the puck because yeah. what you're doing right now is is not calming anybody down. Yeah, no, you're you're kind of in a panic. So second period comes, Coleman scores the first two. It's five to one, and like 45 seconds in, then Coleman at six ten, it's five to one, then. It's 5-2. Evan Bouchard scores. Zach Cassian takes a dumb penalty, though, at the same time. So it puts the Flames back on the power play at 6-2. Wait, what? You said dumb and Cassian in the same sentence? I've never heard that before. Never. Well, that... Uh, you just wait. <laughs> um, yeah, like... And I understand, like... Um, just to get back to the first period for a second, and, and I, I, we're all a little bit all over the map here, but the Flames were really physical on Connor McDavid, specifically in the first. Zadorov hit him, then Lucic late hit him and got a penalty for it. Uh, that, I don't that think it was, was late. I think that was perfectly fine, honestly. If you if you if you rewind the tape, uh, Connor McDavid touches the puck, and right as Lucic was in the motion of hitting him, the the whistle went. Yeah, I don't think he could have stopped. He was because he was already in hitting motion. I do agree with you there. Yeah, and of course it's a, you know you got to protect your your star players, right? So I'm not surprised that uh, there was a scrum that that uh, ensued after that. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to the issue there in a moment. So Scott Cassian takes the penalty. Matthew Kachuk scores on the power play. It's six to two. Then the Oilers come uh, come back. Um, Zach Hyman's first goal, Markstrom should have had. Zach Hyman's second goal, Markstrom should have had. He was, for some reason, he was playing like he's playing my height, 5'8, not his height, 6'6. Um, and then Drysidle snipes, uh, takes it's a good shot. Markstrom should have had it at 6 to 5, and he almost made it 6'6. Six, six. And then they get one early. Yamamoto ties it at 6'6. At six, six. And then, um, Let's go back here. Uh, there's the, I think that there was a lot of question and I even posted it. Do you put in Vladar in the third period? And I think that Daryl Sutter made the right decision. I know Markstrom had did not have a good game. I, I, I'm not going to say that, but you paid this guy $6 million. The Oilers already pulled their goalie. If the Oilers win this game, you have a goaltending problem just as much as the, of the as the Oilers do. So I think sticking with Markstrom was the smart thing to do. Yeah, I, I was telling my uh, my buddies, uh, Sean's in the chat right now, I was over to his place, actually, uh, asking if Mike Smith is dead. And uh, <laughs> But uh, it, I, my my thought process was, okay, if he lets one in early, then you might even have that. That's when you start having the conversation or the thought process, okay, now do we do it? Uh and then I, I went down that uh, that rabbit hole just a little bit and thinking, no, you, you stick with uh, Markstrom and uh, no matter if he gets lambasted, only if he is down, if, if he lets in three quick ones 
and you're down by one or two, uh, then it's like, okay, now let's make the switch and we'll go back to Markstrom uh, for game two. But I, I, I think, uh, you know, when Rasmus Anderson scored uh, almost a minute and a half later um, after Yamamoto scored to, uh, to tie it up. Yeah. It was uh, I, I think that at that point it's like, okay, you know, Markstrom, you're fine. You can make uh, you can make one more mistake, uh, and we would be tied again. And um, I would definitely peg the Flames to to win that that game if though those events happen. But overall, you know, the keeping Markstrom in, I think, was the 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 smart move at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. So then seven, it's seven six. Okay. So then Shillington takes the penalty, and that becomes a whole. This becomes a whole wild turn of events in and of itself. Shillington takes a penalty. Then Evander Kane, who I'm an Oiler fan, that he was rotten. He was absolutely terrible last night. Evander Kane was atrocious. Atrocious, awful, awful. He played one of the worst games I have ever seen a forward play. So Shillington takes the penalty. It's seven to six. You have the greatest player in the game today on fire. He's got four points. He is, the, the Flames have no answer for him when he's coming in. Like they are literally, um, what's the word you use? A butt puckering? Are, yeah, they were, there, there was butt puckering and then yep. extra butt puckering. There, there really was. You get a power play. It's only 7-6 and you're punching Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, it's it, that that's selfish. That is, right. it's very selfish. Um, there's a time and a place that uh, you need to be picking those. And I think he, Vander Kane showed his true colors having his short views. And if you, even going in before this, uh, you knew that Vander Kane had has a short fuse. And there's only two tough guys on this uh, roster, realistically. Uh, Archibald, yes, he can be a tough guy. Hyman, he can be a tough guy. But you have Zach Cassian and Vander Kane. You, Zach Cassian is a non-factor right now. He's not the same person that he has been, not the same player he has been when uh, there was a whole goalie flight, fight, uh, him against uh, uh, Kachuk, that whole thing. He's not the same player. So don't even worry about Zach Cassian. We got some, we, I mean, quote unquote, uh, to quote uh, uh, Berkey, you got some grunts that can take care of Zach Cassian, like a good Branson, a Zadorov, um, a Lucic, um, a Brett Ritchie, if really need be. Uh, but Evander Kane is the only other tough guy on that team. Yep. And so- he has, he, he does have a scoring ability that I think he needs to really focus on just like Matthew Kachuk did after the first three games of the first series. He stopped with the bullshit. He stayed with uh, the the process of playing hockey and he slowly got better during that series. And he made, uh, he was an impact player in game seven and in game one, this series. So if Evander Kane is going to be successful, he needs to focus on hockey and not the extracurriculars. Yeah. But this leads to the 8-6 goal because um, this is the rule. I'm trying to find it here because this was the whole – actually, probably on my Facebook because I put it there. Uh, the rule is when there's coincidental penalties, you can choose 
which player can hop on the ice first. And just the, the whole that whole two minutes, the, the cameras are on Evander Kane, Oliver Shillington, and Matthew Kachuk. And Evander Kane is talking. He is talking up a storm. He, like he is like blah 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 blah. He Matthew Kachuk gets off the ice first. Matthew Kachuk scores, and then they pan back to Kane. Yep, and Kane, and then Shillington with his little smirk across. As they are pounding the glass, the fans are pounding the glass behind um, uh, Evander Kane. It, it just, it, it could not be written much better than that. Yeah. And especially uh, for, for those Flames fans out there who uh, remember, San Jose was an Achilles heel for the Flames. Evander Kane was a part of that Achilles heel when he was with San Jose. He always scored and was always an impact. Uh, he always he had a massive impact on the game. If he's in the box, uh, and you have you have half of half of the dry sidle, and you have a full McDavid, and uh, outside of that, yeah, I mean Yamamoto, but he's you know he he can be effective offensively. But Evander Kane, you're brought in for basically one reason: it's to help uh, Connor McDavid, and it's to stay out of the box. And the way that this, uh, and I mean, it probably, probably feels like the world is on his shoulders because he is the only other tough guy on the team, other than Zach Cassian. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place, but realistically, there's too many big, huge players that can actually take him in comparison to on his team where he's basically the only one. I've gone down the list already. Zadorov, Cabranson, Lucic, Richie. uh, You saw Backlund uh, at the end of the game uh, dusted up. And you really don't have any of those actual good players uh, like players that that can do that. Yeah, yeah. And just to quote Elliot Friedman from last night: explanation on Kachuk leaving Kachuk leaving penalty box before Shillington. Flames can declare when penalties are assessed who will leave box first. They chose Kachuk. So that's surprise, that was surprise. Rule. Yeah, and he scores. <laughs> and then it's 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 and then the empty netter. Uh, look, I it just crazy game. Um, I will give a couple of positives for the Flames. Their penalty killing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to say this, when they had six goals scored against them, their penalty killing was outstanding. Their penalty yep. killing was the best part of their game. The Oilers were 0 for 4. They couldn't establish anything in the zone. Every loose puck, the Flames won a, won a battle. Like any time that like, like the Oilers had a cut, they had some shots, but like a loose puck, Flames were able to get it down the ice. Their penalty killing has been one of the strengths of their playoffs. Yeah, they, they just got to keep it up, honestly. Uh, well, stay out of the box, first of all. Yeah. Number one, especially with that uh, that power play. Listen, dry saddle uh, going north and south is good. It's his lateral movement that it, it, he looks slow at. So yeah. he's still going to be effective on the power play, and you still have Connor McDavid. Um on that on that power play as well. So first of all, stay out of the box. But good, yes, props where props is where, where props is due. Um, and yeah, good 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 on you for having a good PK. And the other thing is that uh, since we're talking about penalties, essentially penalties, the refs. What the fuck? I I'm sorry. The 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 majority of those penalties that happen were 
it, it, like the, the whole Lucic one where it just they just took Lucic over Evander Kane. I know we're going to well, – let, let's get into this now. Yeah, let's do it. That is unbelievable how that, that was not coincidental. Why and how is Lucic the only one going off? That's fucking unbelievable. I, I was livid last night. I was so mad considering what the standard was back in uh, the, the game two and three of the first series against Dallas. There was eight coincidental penalties, four on four. And granted, probably not something the Flames want to get into with coincidentals either, because that open up, opens up the ice a hell of a lot more for Connor McDavid to, to wheel and deal and do what Connor McDavid does. Yes, but still, I, I want to see more consistency within that. And it was very ticky tacky. And I, I, this is my theory, though. There was so much hype going into this game. Like we were, we saw the highlights. Like, could you not, could you, other than a betting commercial, the other only other thing that you saw on, on this was like all the fights from, from the battles of Alberta's of yore. Uh, and I think they were trying to establish that we're not going to have this again. And but I agree with you. There were a lot of soft calls and I would say that there were a lot of soft calls in both ways. I didn't think the Duncan Keith interference penalty was, it was, it was a penalty. Yeah, I, I agree. I, um, there was a, a couple, there was a, yeah, another early penalty there that I, that I thought, thought was soft. There was a backlands interference on McDavid. I thought was, a, I thought that there was a lot of soft calls, uh, but I also thought it was both ways. I just thought that they were trying to, they were trying to manage the game when it's just, it didn't. Yeah. It, it just, I think that was the problem with the whole game. Everybody's emotions were way up here. Everyone was so hyped and you just, you couldn't. It just, yeah. It was I'm, so- I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy it went both ways. Yeah, because uh, if it was one way uh, on either side, I don't think it's giving uh, the the justice of having the Battle of Alberta because you want it to be physical. You want to, you want that emotion. You want to make sure that uh, you are you're 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 letting the game decide, or you're letting the players decide the game instead of uh, giving. Uh, power plays when they're, they're not really warranted and they missed the high stick on Kachuk or like yeah, again, McDavid, McDavid high kick stick to Kachuk. That was a missed call. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, I mean, that was a big one yeah. in my mind. Uh, so it, listen, let, let them, let them play. Don't call it ticky tacky bullshit and let the battle of Alberta be a battle of Alberta. Let Lucic and, uh, and Evander King go at it. You know why? Because it's just the, 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 the difference is, is that the, the emotion is just going to keep on building and building and building. And if you don't let it release, if you don't let it go, it's just going to keep on building throughout the uh, game one uh, to game two to game three, which is, I mean, it's going to be good, but the, the, it, as far as like entertainment value, but it's still, it, I, I truly believe that they, the uh, linesmen just need to let them go, let it out. And then uh, they can get on with, uh, with, with the game essentially. Right. And then at, even at that point, you have Evander Kane, who's polarizing because we've been talking about him pretty much uh, for the uh, half of this podcast already, um, who they brought in to help score some goals. He's in the penalty box. He he is their third, depending on where you rank everybody. uh, He's a top five player on this, on this team, as far as goal scores, without a doubt. Yep. Yep. So having one of the, one of their top five goal scores in the box, that's great. And it will happen eventually. It will. And it's going to be Lucic or uh, once again Zadorov or 
uh, Gabranson uh, fighting him. And I'm more than happy to have uh, that, that trade off for sure. And it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's maybe touch on the flames defense here for a second. Um, I, I think, hi, we're captain obvious. The flames really did miss Chris Tanev last night. Like, like honest yeah. to God, like it's, so here's my two. And Tanev is in practice this morning. I feel like we're playing a game here, and I'm not. I I don't think. I still don't know if we see Tanev. I hi Kitty. <laughs> um, the so here's here's a couple of theories that I'm going to toss at you. Here's the first one: Anderson Hanovan, Shillington Zadorov, Gabranson Stone, or. You go seven, and you bring in Connor Mackey. We we talked about this on last podcast, right? About how, but we uh, didn't talk about a switching of the, the a defensive pairing, though. No, well, and that I, yeah, that's it's true. But if you do bring in a seven, then it it would essentially you would be shuffling your 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 pairings up, keeping that top pair together of Anderson and uh, Hannafin. And then, yeah, uh, whatever circumstance you want to put Connor Mack in, it, it, it is. A, I, I think you brought this up. It is a tall order for a rookie defenseman to uh, to come in and um, be 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 invested. Well, not be invested, but uh, it, it's it's a big stage for a rookie defenseman to come in. Period. Right. High emotion. Second round of the playoffs. Uh, when when was the last? Uh, what was the last game that he played? Oh, uh, he hasn't played in a while. Actually, he so. I- I, I I definitely understand the the thought process there, and even getting him in, I think, would be uh, beneficial, especially if there is a knock on wood uh, another uh, injury on the back end, because yeah, you'll be looking at um, a Connor Mackey to uh, to to come up. But um, I believe uh, Val Mackey actually got uh, called up as well um, on emergency basis because of uh, Chris Tanev. Yeah, and then Let- he was sent down again. Oh, okay, all right. He was, but- he was sent down late late last night. My my uh, my worry is that you would have Zadorov and who, if if you're going to put anybody with uh, with uh, Oliver Shillington, you want it to be a steady defenseman. Zadorov, he can be, but he's also a roller coaster. He's also uh, you know you, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, the majority of the time, it is pretty it's pretty decent or good enough. Uh, but I, to to me, that that'd be a bit more of a uh, holy shit moment. Uh, you're, you're going down the highway, going a buck 50 while your buddy's driving or something like that. And you have the holy shit bar and you're in the passenger seat, just waiting and watching to see what, what could happen. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it, it is too, it's, it's not uh, stable enough for, for my liking, but I do like the idea of getting, um, seven defensemen in there and going with 11 forwards. The here. Here was just my theory after watching last night. Uh, Eric Branson played 20 minutes and 34 seconds. This is his line. No points, minus one. One shot and goal, two hits, one block. No giveaways, no takeaways. Uh, I just and just not sure I like Eric Branson playing 20 minutes a night. And that's maybe why I was thinking if you switch Shillington and Zadorov, who, can I be honest with you? I thought Zadorov was the Flames' best defenseman last night. I really did. I I think it was a honestly, I think it was a tie between Zadorov, Anderson, and Michael Stone. 
Zadora played the most. He played 23-01. He definitely did for sure. But uh, like the the impact that uh, Michael Stone had, he was in McDavid's face multiple times, which was yeah. awesome. And that's exactly what you look for for a, a, this 5-6 uh, defenseman. Um, he played 17 minutes and uh, two minutes where it was on the power play. So um, I, I think that, that that's definitely a positive for, for Michael Stone. Uh, but Zdorov, yeah, he, play, he played pretty well. And it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, well, I wonder why he played like that or played that much um, over Anderson and Hannafin. Um, but I, I got to disagree with you. I think a Branson, that, that's, that's okay. Every once in a while, if it is up there again, which it might be, uh, considering all of Oliver Shillington only had 12 minutes and 50 seconds. I think that says a lot of, uh, about the trust that uh, uh, Daryl Sutter has towards uh, Oliver Shillington as of right now. Um, yeah. And it, 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 I think it's more so, once again, it's by committee. You don't, you don't, have, uh, you don't have a massive shutdown defenseman like a Jacob Slavin, right? Um, or, uh, or a Petrangelo, you want to, you, you want to make sure that, uh, you're, you're not burning your guys out, uh, especially game one. And those are your big boys. Uh, like I said, Hannafin, he's a big boy. Uh, Gabranson, Stone, Zadorov are all big guys. And Anderson, he's, uh, he's, he's no, he's, he's no Oliver Shillington. He's, uh, he's pretty average. So, uh, I just think that they, they're setting a tone here and, I really don't mind it. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just I I just I I don't know if I can I I don't know if Gabranz can do 20 minutes like that. That's all, but not consistently, we'll right? No, I'm with it. Not consistently, but if he uh, if he if he does have to step up like that, um, I don't think he did much wrong. Uh, the majority of the goals were, were Mark Marks. Yeah, exactly. So I would if, say if he can stay I, solid. I, it's good. Yeah, if you talk to Markstrom privately, I would say six of the six goals that were allowed, he allowed, were on him. Yeah, I I don't remember many goals going in like that uh, during the regular season, like or even just having a bit of a weak glove hand. Have you? Like, do you, can no. you remember any incidents no, like that, that? That was that was the worst game I have ever seen him play as a flame, and it might have been one of the worst games I've ever seen him play, even when he was a Canuck. That might have been the worst game uh, him as a professional. Yeah. Like, realistically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I guess part of it is – you, but you brought this up. This Because you, you're going to – so you're going to have the counter-argument, but I'll bring it up again. Connor McDavid played 27 minutes last night. And this was – just to go back to the timeout, where I was like – I was a little hesitant on it. Is okay. It's two nothing. It's one minute in. It's not good, but you almost you almost put your team in panic mode right off the bat. And really, there were a lot of Oiler fans tweeting, "Where's Archibald? Where's Cassian? They're not making an impact. They just were starting to throw Connor. They had to throw Connor McDavid on the ice pretty much every time to feel like they had to get back in this game because they keep." Because the, you know you're you got to get three goals, but at the same time you're not going to get three goals in one shift. Even with Connor McDavid, you or only a goal is only allowed one, right? You only get one point per goal. It's not a field goal. So, but to me, I think that they're 
Woodcroft is going to try to want, run McDavid out here as much as he possibly can. And they just hope, hope to God that he can fix whatever is ailing the Oilers. With the lack of depth? <laughs> uh, it, 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 yeah, you got to go with uh, pretty much – you can't really switch up your your ideology and uh, you got to go with the, the crew that got you there and that's mostly McDavid. Look at their ice times. Like, you, you, uh, there's only two, three players that played over 20 minutes. That's Dry Subtle, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid. And Evander Kane was close to. Uh, he was uh, four seconds off of uh, of 20. And Zach Hyman was 10 seconds off. But either way, I, I, do, I just... I, McDavid is only going to be able to do so much. And... The, this is my biggest worry for the Edmonton Oilers is that he's going to get burnt out. He's going to get hit so much by the flames. And w- once again, going back to intimidation factor, you have Evander Kane and Zach Cassian to step up for him. And even last night, uh, Evander Kane, yeah, be, <laughs> they, they need you more on the hockey side of things than on the, the physical side of things. But you, it, it's a double-edged sword. No matter what it is, you, you either fight Lucic, you lose one of your 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 number one or top end scorers in Evander Kane, or you let uh, Lucic, uh, Zadorov, anybody, uh, Blake Coleman, um, Michael Stone go in and hit McDavid, your best player. So it like it, it's just roster construction isn't quite there to to match up with the Flames. The the X factor that we were talking about before Game One was the depth. They don't have the depth and it's it. I just don't out of a seven game series. I just don't see the Oilers out depthing, if you will. And that's not even a word, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Calgary flames. And uh, I, I guess go, going back to your original comment though, uh, about uh, the, the, the timeout right away. I've been on those teams. I've, I've I've had those timeouts that early because we we it was more of a shell shock. Uh, I, yeah, it was it was a shell shock uh, mentality. Getting you know two goals on five shots. That that's hard, or even three shots. I think it was three shots. And yeah, then two was, goals on three shots. Yeah, two goals on three shots. Three goals on five shots. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> and especially being in the Saddle Dome, where it is absolutely pumping with energy, the crowd is going nuts. You want to try and just calm things down, uh, get the crowd to be to to let it down just a little bit, uh, and not let Calgary start rolling. Because if Calgary starts rolling, even even though those uh, those goals were pretty shitty, Smith should have had those. It doesn't matter. It, once you're rolling, it, it's hard to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's just it, that, that the other theme there and, and just the other positive Backlund, Madrapani and Coleman were outstanding yep. last night. They just were in complete control in both uh, all three zones. Um, the Oilers did not have an answer for the way that they played. Backlund. I might've been one of the best games I've ever seen Michael Backlund play like period. Yep. Ever like he was just he was all over it. Uh, Majapani was was good. Coleman got the two goals. It was that those three were just they were hard. They were unstoppable last night. And backlit on the faceoff dot sixty seven percent. 
Yep. Can't ask for much more, honestly. Uh, the two takeaways, one giveaway. I thought he had more than two hits. That was that's kind of uh, that's that's kind of weird. It's only two hits, but uh, yeah, that that line, it it was rolling, and it, I, I was happy to see that. It, even Dubé, Dubé was around the puck. He uh, they only have him down for two shots, but I, I feel like he had more than two shots. At least uh, like uh, high danger scoring opportunities w- was up there, and. Th- Toffoli was great. Honestly, the the outside of the goaltending, I could give probably an AA minus to every single forward on that uh, on that group. Yeah, I I would agree. Even Lewis and Lucic had a that two on one that Lucic, if he would have stopped, would have scored. Lewis said that yep. with a nice setup there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought the like that the the Oilers defense could not could not handle the flames what the flames were doing they just didn't have an answer for it and yep it's true uh the, the only downfall outside of all well, you know we just praised backland for 67 percent, but uh the the other face-off uh face-off guys uh Tafoli was 100 percent. I'm, I'm assuming he only took one draw and won it uh, Lindholm was 55, Richie was 50, Lewis was 29, and Yarncroke was 33% in the faceoff dot. So uh, once again, the, the little little outliers like that um, need to be worked on a little bit and can be can be concerning because obviously if you don't have the puck to start the the playoff with, then you're 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 trying to play catch up and uh, get the puck. So uh, that's that's one thing out of the forwards that I guess uh, would. I would want to see a bit more uh, consistency with is winning those draws. Yep. I, yeah. And that was a theme. The, the theme of the face-offs was a theme in the first, first round. And it is, it is kind of carrying through there. I do agree with you there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, yeah, it just, the flames just were playing on a different level. Now, um with the Oilers, you, you, you know, you're, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have to make some changes. Um, Chris Russell played nine minutes. I want to say yes. N- no. Uh, wait, five, five minutes, five twenty. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to see Chris Russell. He did have three blocks, but I don't think we'll see him again. Um, just, uh, yeah, they're, they're gonna have to make some changes. I think there, uh, in terms of how they, they put it in and they're going to have to run Mike Smith. I think they want to run Mike from everything I'm reading. They're going to run Mike Smith, but they have already a goaltending question already, uh, which we knew was going to happen at some point in time. Um, to me, I just think for the flames though, I think that the, the two, the other thing though, is as much as that thing was a gong show, the flames did find that step to reel it in. And I think what Jake Woodcroft said last night is whoever got to their defensive game first last night was going to win the game. And the flames did. And the flames did because they were able to get the the lead again, seven to six. And it almost just sort of gave everyone that chance to breathe and get back um, where the, the Oilers had to spend all this time to try to fight their way back. And then just to make it six, six. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I am expecting a lower scoring, lower event game tomorrow. Like I, I'm expecting three, two, four, three. I, I... well, even, even then, I, if you really look at the, the betting sites, right, it's usually, uh, okay, what's, uh, what's going to be the over? Is it 5.5 or 6.5? 
And I'd say even even having a 4-3 is a higher scoring game, essentially. Uh, but I, I do agree with you. It's, it will be more defensively sound uh, um, unless for some magic voodoo witch reason it might be another high scoring game like this i don't but I, i'm not expecting that uh, i'm expecting both mike smith and uh jacob marksman to be better um and if you're the flames you're doing the exact same thing over and over and over again getting pucks towards the net crashing uh getting in front of uh, mike smith um obviously that first one where he was screened by his own two players not by any flame um lindholm with that release it was on un, fucking real um my man crush for him just keeps on growing and i i yeah i i don't think it's going to be it, it won't be as as exciting as this last one and uh it's funny because uh, uh espn was uh was broadcasting it and there's a few people tweeting who don't really watch hockey wondering what the hell this sport is and man are they going to be disappointed uh when <laughs> it's not as high event as uh as as this last one was yeah yeah. Do you think, like, just go back to this. Do you think that all of this hype had an effect on the game? Like, I think it just, there was so, like, it felt like the Super Bowl. Like, in a lot of, in a weird, like, it, in a, like, it just, like, in a, a bit of a hyperbole comparison, but just hear me out. Just, we were, everyone was just so into this. It's like, it, like, everyone was just so emotionally invested. We were all fired up. And I just think it maybe affected the players at the beginning there. And just, they couldn't, it, it, they had a hard time reeling themselves into some sort of calmness. Yeah, they uh, don't, apologies for the phone going off. Um, I, I I think there there definitely was a, the hype machine was definitely there for uh, the, the media to, to make, to blow this up and, and make this a spectacle and, um, I, I mean, it, to, to a certain extent, yes, but at the same time, no. It there's always been this "quote unquote" uh, battle of Alberta, and uh, anytime during the regular season, of course, the media, uh, CBC and Sportsnet, uh, TSN, they like to uh, hype it up and say it is a battle of Alberta. But this is truly a bad, the battle of Alberta, and it's uh, a completely different game from when it was. Uh, back in 91 and so it's basically a reincarnation of it and what what whatever comes out of this series is going to be the new battle of alberta right it's yeah. going to be it's it, they, they they will brand it as the new age battle of alberta no matter what it is and whether or not uh the the oilers win or the flames win whoever loses they're gonna fucking hate it and it's gonna be it's gonna become even more uh, even more friction, more sandpaper. I think uh, in, in in years to come. This is exactly why Gary Bettman has changed the uh, and the NHL have changed the the format of the playoffs. Is so that you can have these uh, interdivisional rivalries, uh, the the Western Conference rivalries, and uh, well, it's mostly divisional that 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 they want to get into. Uh, but this this is exactly it. Like look at Florida and Tampa Bay. They, they really weren't that big of rivals until what last year two years ago last year yeah when they had a a, a that playoff series and then then the, according to dave randorf was saying a preseason they they started fighting right off the right off the bat so yep. 
It's getting that hatred back in the game. Uh, Tortorella must be just thrilled about this because uh, he, uh, when he was uh, coaching the Blue Jackets, he was bitching about how uh, everybody's still buddies at the end of it. And uh, it, it's more so, you know, contractors and it's not really about uh, the, the, the rivalries. It's, you know, getting a paycheck and uh, going home. Um, but it, to, to that point as well, I'm so happy Lucic has finally kind of – you can tell that he's, he's bleeding the, the, the white and red now. And uh, the, uh, the, now that the stakes are so high, you can kind of tell that if there was a scrum um, you know, last year or uh, even this year in the regular season, Lucic would – you know, he'd get engaged, but not as much as he did when uh, Evander Kane came after, uh, came after him for hitting McDavid. Uh, the, the, the fact that you could see the emotion within Lucic, and I, that, that is so beneficial for the Flames within the series – and if they get to go to the next round, having that fire from Lucic um, is is huge. So going uh, going back to the to the original comment here, yep, it's it's really good for for hockey to have them uh, rebrand the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, yeah, and it's I. I think everybody's hoping for a long series too. And I, I, you know, and I think the eyes are watching Connor McDavid. This is probably the biggest spotlight he's had. Um, so I think people are watching him and they want to see him do his thing. And he, he did his thing last night and he'll do his thing. I'm not, there's no question about it. By the way, I just going to, just on a, to compliment McDavid, which I know is hard to us to do with, with this behind us. I don't know if I have ever seen someone as dangerous. I think there's, I can only think of two other players in history that I think is as dangerous with the puck as, as he is. Like it is frightening what, when he has the puck. Like I am like my heart rate goes a little up and that was Bobby Orr. Like if you watch him with the puck, it was like, yeah, Oh, oh we're, we're done. We're done. If he's, he's in on top speed, forget it. Just, and Mario Lemieux, like those are the only two that I think I think could be McDavid or like as scary that I could think of when he, they have when he has the puck and he's skating at full speed. He just has so many ways to get out of dangerous situations and put himself into uh, offensive dangerous situations. He he did the spinnerama twice last night, one on Dubé, and I forget uh, the other one. I think it was um, uh, Hannafin. Um, who got the the spinorama and he was on his way towards the net with uh, with the puck on his stick. He just he's so smart with how he conducts himself, and I mean it, he's a he's a perfect build for a hockey player. He he's strong enough that he can uh, he can push off people, and he I mean obviously his his speed is uh, like just ridiculous when he has the puck. Uh, 35 mile an hour, um, or kilometers an hour. Um, it's, it, it's unreal. So yeah, he, he deserves all the props. He, he is as advertised, uh, one of the best players in the game, depending on which, uh, uh, how you really want to, uh, to chalk it up because I think, uh, you know, you, you've been a big proponent of, uh, Sidney Crosby still being one of the best as well, but it, it's all about, uh, okay, well, what do you, what makes him the best? And Connor McDavid with the puck. Yeah. That's scary and one of the best in the world, easily enough. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's paint the picture here of a what-ifs. If the series is tied at one after two, I guess it depends on how the game goes. If you're the Oilers, you probably feel fine with that. You're going back to Edmonton. You've got home ice advantage. You're going you're gonna to be back in your area. You're good. But what if the Flames win? If, oh, if Basically, the, the whole idea behind home ice advantage is that if you win at home, you win the series, right? So when you're... When you're the opposing team, when you're going up there, obviously, or, or going into the uh, the the opposition's barn, the whole mantra is like, okay, let's get one win, right? That that, that it's not really talked about. Obviously, you want to get two wins, and you want to you want to uh, get them sweating. Uh, but if you come out with a split, you've done your job as far as the series goes, and then you just need to win at home, and you basically win the series. So if if Calgary was up two, then Edmonton. You have to win both those games. Both those games at Rogers Arena, you have to win those. Those are must wins. And especially if you go down uh, a three, three nothing. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Captain Obvious over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, it's one of those things where whenever you are uh, playing outside of, uh, if you're the Flames, outside of the Saddle Dome, you want to win at least one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think for the Flames, I think if they can get to two nothing, I think that's great for them. Um, I, I would. Yeah, I, I that's obvious. I, I, a split is a split. I just, uh, but if you can get to two nothing, and don't, don't like if, if Calgary does go up two nothing, don't be surprised if it comes back game five, five tied two two. Yeah, no, I agree. This, I agree. Th- this team, Edmonton has a massive uh like what if factor and that's Connor McDavid. Yeah. Right? He can he He's can put it on whenever you want. Uh if it, and it's 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 one you can't count them out. For those people cuz I have seen it as well saying that uh, Calgary's going to sweep them. That's not going to be the case. Nope, and Connor McDavid is going to he's going to shove that right down your throat. Yeah. Yeah, there were people tweeting after three nothing after one. It's like, well, this series is over in four. I'm like, no, it's not, folks. Oh, no, man. it's not. No, it's not. No, and that that that's why we watch because yeah. of those X factor because of these outlandish uh, potential random shit that, that 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 that's happened, especially in this game one. God, it's uh, you never know. And it, it, I said this before game one: Mike Smith can steal a game. The consistency isn't there, but when he's on, he's on, and it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And Markstrom, you know, even feeding off a bit, Smith outduels him. That's a win. McDavid dominates a game and the Flames can't get anything. That's a win, too. Yep. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting this to be a long series, and the, the emotions are going to be all over the place. I was uh, sitting next to one of my buddies who is a Oilers fan, and even when they tied it up, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to feel. My emotions are everywhere. You know, you, you go down three nothing, you come back, uh, crawl your way back to to six six, and he still felt uh, like it was, it was that anything could happen. And that was the same way that I felt uh, as a Flames fan. So it, it expect a long series. Yeah, for sure. 
while we do this after every win, who is, I'm, I'm imagining not Markstrom, but who's getting your W for? Oh, my W. My W goes to Michael Stone. And right. it's, it, 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 he, it, it's more so, okay, it's kind of like the Jack Adams Award. It's not about the best player on the ice or the best coach. It's about who, what expectations did you have before the game started and what did that player do to uh, exceed their expectations? Michael Stone was, I, I thought, I thought he was very effective in how he played and what he did. He was physical and he was in Connor McDavid's face. And that was something that I wasn't really expecting from him. I know it ha- he has that within his repertoire and and his uh, his his toolbox, but it was it was very apparent. And I was I was pleasantly surprised with uh, with how well he played, especially playing uh, seventeen minutes. I'm going to go with Michael Backlund. I just think he was he was everywhere. Um, I think he was. And, you know, just he has that look in his, you know, we always talk about, we talk about looks and eyes here. Michael Backlund has that look in his eye that he's like, this is the year we're going to fucking do this. Yep. Like he really does. Yeah. Uh, Just a, yeah. Um, He just took his, he, I think he's taken his last few games. He's taken his game to another level. Um, That scrum at the end, although it was, Somewhat humorous to see Lucic swat Cassian like a mosquito in Alberta uh, <laughs> off a window. Uh, what Backlund, Backlund knocking. I don't remember who he was fighting there, but. I don't either. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Backlund, he's, he, there, there is that look in his eye that he won't be denied. Uh, he will um, come out on top and uh, he, that he has that feistiness and I love it. And especially with having uh, the, the grit on his wings of, Majipani into and uh, uh, Coleman. It's uh, it, that that that's not a line you fuck with in the defensive zone or uh, or in in the phys- physicality. Like I said, I, I'm super surprised to only see two hits on uh, on his his line for uh, for last game. They were, I, it may, yeah, maybe it was more puck possession stuff. I I don't know, but yeah, they were they were dominant for sure. I thought that they controlled anything else on this game specifically we need to get into. No. All right. Uh, as far as any of the other series or anything, is there anything catching your eye that you wanted to chat about? I guess we should congratulate Daryl Sutter. You mentioned the Jack Adams, um, but he, I think he might decline. He might get, he might get it. So no, give it to Gerard. He's been like, he's been, he was, he was tossed out in a suitcase. Give it to him. I, I don't I get it. That's a regular season award. Yeah. I want W's. W. Well, <laughs> um, even last night, he was so funny last night. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, so that good. series is so boring. I told this team to score seven to ten goals, it would be a lot better. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, he's he he'll he'll keep on doing those things just to make light of everything. And even pre even po- or a pregame, he has some not gold like that, but I love how uh just straight he is and he's like, Okay, please up. Yeah. I don't give a shit yeah. is what I'm saying. No cliches, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. But as far as any other games, I thought St. Louis uh, had a chance to uh, really get, get a jump on uh, the avalanche and they, they weren't 
able to 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 do that. I don't. I it's it blows my mind that uh, they they weren't able to capitalize on that uh, on that one nothing lead essentially, um, and then getting no shots in the OT. Like that, asinine. That that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And also the fact that Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and Pavel Buchnevich. What are th- those? Are the three guys that have something in common from that first game? Do you know what that was? They took. They all three of them took a terrible penalty. I think. Uh, well, Buchnevich didn't, but okay, they had zero shots. I was gonna. That was my second guess. It was gonna be zero shots on goal. Zero shots, and that will not happen again. Like, that can't like, happen again. No, and it won't. It definitely won't. They they will find a way to to uh, create some offense. So I, I guess that's your saving grace for uh, St. Louis. But uh, the fact that uh, they, they couldn't capitalize on that is, in my mind, huge. And uh, they they need to be better because uh, Biddington played good enough. The posts played good enough uh, to <laughs> uh, to to help um, St. Louis uh, get get a one nothing lead on that series. But obviously, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, yeah. Colorado took it, just took it to another level. Bennington was outstanding. And, but St. Louis, St. Louis needs to get some offense going like you. And it's, they're too talented not to like Jordan Cairo is super talented. Robert Thomas is better than what he played last night or that game. Braden Shen too. Braden Shen needs to, needs to start pissing some people off. Buchnevich, you got him in there for skill. Tarasenko, there's there's enough skill in there that for St. Louis to like they they don't have like Colorado is probably the more talented team but it's not like St. Louis is this non-talented team they 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 had they're well balanced they they definitely are and Ryan O'Reilly can only do so much yeah. he had a goal uh five shots three hits two blocks one takeaway like what? What? What else can he ask for for a captain to to you know show what needs to get done? And it, uh, I do agree with you that they do have the depth. Uh, it, but like we're talking about with the the Battle of Alberta, the depth of the Colorado Avalanche is definitely there too. And I think you you got to Nazem Kadri was on a different level last night uh, or, or two nights ago. He. Yeah. That 87 89% in the uh, uh face off dot, uh, five, five, uh, five shots, three hits, one block, one giveaway. But he he was buzzing. His, I, I wonder what the uh analytics are on high danger because he he played amazing. So the it goes both ways. Um, I, I think that this series is actually a lot closer than. Most people make made it out to be thinking that uh, Colorado is going to sweep them or um, uh, beat them out in five. The St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup three years ago. Yep. Yep. Okay, and, and not much has changed. Realistically, not much has changed other than uh, I guess losing um, uh, Petrangelo and gaining Tory Krug, who isn't actually in the lineup right now anyways but it, you get my point is that they they're, they're still a team that you have to watch out for well and... I, I go ahead sorry i was about to interrupt you oh yeah go for it man i picked st louis to win the series so yep. um i'm i'm not one that's down on them um 
but you got to play better than you did in game one, just just flat out. And um, you got to protect your goalie a bit more. God, I, oh God, like <laughs> yeah, about forty what fifty four shots, fifty one saves. Yeah, that that's I know it's OT on top of that, but you need you need to get uh, Darcy Kemper uh, questioning. Uh, you know, okay, shit. Uh, where where's this offense coming from? Because only twenty five shots within that, and zero shots in OT. That's yeah. not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah, for sure. If your goalie is giving you a chance to win, you should try to take it. For sure, exactly. And uh, uh, I guess the the Hurricanes with a massive uh, uh, comeback, which is crazy. Uh, that happened uh, just before the Flames uh, puck drop. At least uh, the tying goal did, and they went off to OT. Yeah. Um, man, that massive, massive uh, loss for the Rangers. Very similar to St. Louis. You, you got to capitalize when you you have such a high scoring team um, being sheltered and uh, uh, pushed pushed down on their uh, their offensive threats. Uh, you need to make sure that that's uh, that's not uh, that's not something you, you you need to that that is something you need to capitalize on. Yeah, for sure. That was a big one for Carolina. That was really was just to how they won that. Um, yeah, because Rangers were ahead for 57 minutes. But, you know. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, Tampa is just being Tampa. So, that's a, it. entertaining game, nonetheless, in, in um, the Battle of Florida. Um, but overall, I I just think the – I think we – you and I both said that we have Tampa to – to win it or did i say florida i don't remember i think i might have said florida but it, the, the pedigree that's there in tampa is is hard to really uh to to look past that's for sure yeah yeah and uh, uh do you want to answer this question yeah that's exactly what i was going to get to listen washington when they won the cup they it, it, it was on the back of ovi pretty much and the 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 committee that that's around Ovechkin isn't quite the same as it was, and you could say the same argument for St. Louis for sure. But you have more depth in St. Louis, and you also were missing Tom Wilson uh, for the majority of that series uh, it, for the first uh, against Carolina, and that that that's a massive loss for. Uh, for Washington, plus their goaltending is shit. Like <laughs> realistically, their goaltending is not not even close to what it was back then. But Biddington, yes, he struggled, but this past game really, really shows that uh, Biddington he loves the big stage, and I, I think that uh, you he, he's Stanley Cup winner. Yeah, it's 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 hard to hard to really and the way that he did it. It's hard to say. Okay, yeah, St. Louis is going to get uh, you know bent over by uh, the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think that's the case. So uh, they, they're, they're just too much. There's too much depth, and the the the, uh, the assert or fuck. What's a what's what I'm trying to say? The the coming out party for Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrie this year. That speaks that speaks volumes as well. Yeah, for sure. Like they're they've transitioned. Now, to be fair to the argument to Dylan is both of them haven't didn't win a, a a series since they won the Stanley Cup, but the Blues won one this year, and the Capitals still haven't. 
and the and the and the Blues were at what nine a hundred nine points. They were only a point back of Minnesota for for, and when they were playing, they played Minnesota. They only lost to them once in regulation. So they just bring in a different different sort of confidence to you. Where Washington is like you you hear Brian McCullough, you're that team that they're not sure where they're at. They're sort of in this weird, they're in a weird transition almost. Let alone, uh, they got rid of their head coach, Barry Trotz. He walked after winning the Stanley cup, which is yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, he, it, it is. That, it's, and you, you lost a, uh, a, I mean, Braden Holpe was definitely on a downward uh, trajectory, but he was outstanding in that, uh, in that playoff run too. Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Tampa's being Tampa. Um, yeah, big game for Florida tonight for sure. Massive. Yeah. Uh, one, wanna... Once again, it, it's one of those things where you uh, you have to win at home. You have to. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, you have to. You... It's very important in Florida, especially. Like you go down two nothing to Tampa. Um, there's a realistic like. We talk about Calgary Edmonton going down two nothing and and it's it's curtain it's Edmonton still come back two two. I'm not convinced Florida would will if it's two nothing Tampa. I'm I w- if I was a betting person, which I'm not, I would take this quarter that I have on my desk and put it that Tampa would sweep. Yeah, there's a massive massive uh, possibility for that, and yeah, so it. it, it Almost a must-win for Florida tonight. Yep. A uh, couple other quick things I wanted to touch on. Congratulations to the Penticton V's. The Penticton V's won the Fred Page Cup for the BCL, BCHL Championship, uh, which is an accomplishment in and of itself to win the championship. But how they did it, not one sweep, not two sweeps, not three sweeps. They won every single game on route to the championship. They went 16 and 0. So you've that is mightily impressive for the Penticton B. So congratulations to them uh, on that. And the WHL draft was today. First player picked by the Minnesota Tigers was Gavin McKenna from Rink Hockey Academy, Kelowna. Uh, he, yes, he played with Tasia Ginla, white from Whitehorse, Yukon, wants to pattern his game a little bit by around Dylan Cousins. Uh, a couple of Calgary players that were picked. Jackson Smith from Edge School was picked second by the Tri-City Americans. Nathan Bem was traded by, uh, was uh, drafted by Kamloops. He's a forward from the same school, Edge School. Uh, Hayden Harsani was drafted by the Tigers at the 16th. Uh, Luke Vlosevic was drafted by the Rebels, a defenseman. Uh, Aaron Obafalo. I kind of butchered that name, I think, from the Vancouver Giants, drafted by the Vancouver Giants. So four Calgary players drafted in the first round. There were I four trades in the first round. It was that was something to watch. It was quite a bit of a uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, it, it's just going back to the Penticton V's. There's some notable last names on here. Jackson Newendike. Yeah. Joe Newendike's uh, kid. Uh, you have Joshua Niedermeyer, yeah, Scott Niedermeyer's kid, and uh, uh, Grayson Arnott. Yeah, got some pedigree there. Yep. Uh, yeah, even yeah. If 
just to age you a little bit, former flame Owen Nolan's kid was drafted in the U.S. priority draft yesterday, as was Vernon Fiddler's kid was drafted in the U.S. priority draft. Seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sean Sutter's the GM, assistant GM at, in Red Deer. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to age. Of, well, it's, it's, it's okay. That's fine. I'm mostly, you're mostly aging yourself. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped aging. It just it magically just stopped for me. But everyone else are aging. I don't know. You're, well, hey, I'm going to try and Benjamin button it and just anti-age or age yeah. backwards. Yes, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to chat about? Uh, I'm good. good All right. Go. So yeah, game two, eight forty-five Calgary time. The red lot should be going. Weather permitting. Be, yeah, the right now it's a bit rainy and, and past two to three days have been uh, pretty windy. So we'll see exactly if they're able to to get it up and running like they did uh, for the first series. Uh, but it's actually supposed to snow uh, tomorrow. So we're supposed it, to get snow here too. Well, hey, it, it, people get upset about it, but every, it, listen, precipitation happens every single may long in calgary yeah, whether or not never... it's snow or rain yeah true yeah it's it's yeah it, we're we're not getting great weather here either so here in burnaby so valid that's fair so yeah so we'll be we'll be back saturday probably in the afternoon i'm going to assume yeah to recap game two and then so join us then uh, as it's a long weekend in Canada, I was like, it's a long weekend in Alberta, but it's, it's going to be fun though. The Friday is going to be fun. And, and then Sunday in Edmonton is going to be crazy as well. So lots going on there. Uh, but how do we follow you? Well, follow me on Twitter at Gordhouse09. And who is, what's that is, are you wearing the, the, the hat? I'm not wearing that. I'm wearing my hat, Amped Advantage. Check, check out this Ant- out. Yeah. Uh, music done by Lodgepole Kind. By the way, check them out on Twitter as well at Lodgepole Kind. Sean, you can follow Beery Canuck 03, Tyler T N O B L E, Christian Schneids S C H N E I D Z. I am K E V U L E. Shifts and Fucks Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you get your audio, as well as on the Area 51 Sports Network. Thanks everyone for joining us, and we will talk to you all very soon. Bye for now. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.